Eldor was once a prosperous city in the heart of the fantasy realm, known for its wealth, culture and advanced technology. The city was home to a powerful group of mages known as the Eldorians, who were revered for their magical abilities and knowledge. However, one day, a great calamity struck the city, causing it to disappear from the face of the earth. Many theories exist as to what caused the city's downfall. Some believe that the Eldorians unleashed a terrible curse that destroyed the city, while others believe that an unknown force or being was responsible. Regardless of the cause, the city of Eldor has remained lost for centuries, with many adventurers and treasure hunters searching in vain for its location. Some believe that the city is hidden in a mystical realm accessible only to those who possess powerful magic abilities, as us now, while others believe that it is buried deep underground waiting to be rediscovered. Legend has it that the city is home to untold riches, magical artifacts and powerful knowledge, making it a highly coveted prize for any adventurer. But the dangers and mysteries surrounding the city are numerous, making the journey to find it a treacherous one. It does sound very Felstad, the Frostgrave city, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Loads of wizards, they destroyed the place, there's treasure everywhere. Yeah, uh, we just need the snow. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> So I'm thinking, Colin, like that any time uh, any time I visit a city that I've never been to before, you know, you go on TripAdvisor, you find out a bit about uh, the local sites and the pubs mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So what if I, as an illusionist, mm -hmm. could create something called Quest Advisor, where we could then dig into that and just find out, like, what's the top tips for tourists visiting the city? <laughs> what are some of the best taverns? Uh, maybe even get some reviews and just get excited about the, the journey I yeah, suppose. Plan ahead, plan ahead yeah, get some uh, anticipation going absolutely. Uh, are you wanting to actually do that right now? I don't see why not, yeah I want okay. to test out these new brilliant magic powers that I've got Okay, right, so what's your, pro what's, your uh, what's your action here? Matthew as an illusionist is going to, what are you going to do? So I'm going to create a spell called Quest Advisor and it's a fantasy alternative to TripAdvisor and through this spell, I would like uh, the I would like a list of the best must-see tourist attractions in Eldor, and some of the best taverns to visit as well. All right, this is exciting. Our first magic as magicians, eh? Yeah. Just granted our spells, granted our powers. So Matthew closes his eyes and focuses his mind, channeling his magical energies into the creation of the Quest Advisor spell. After a few moments, he opens his eyes and smiles. All right, the spell is ready, he says. All we need to do is speak the incantation and it will guide us to the best tourist attractions and taverns in Eldor. He recites the incantation, and suddenly a holographic screen appears in front of you, displaying a list of the top tourist attractions in Eldor, as well as their ratings and reviews. The spell also <laughs> provides directions and information on the best taverns and inns in the area, as well as recommendations for the best food and drink. <laughs> so Matthew apparently says, this will definitely come in handy. I'll make sure to remember this spell for future adventures. So I like how we didn't actually get any like hints no, or we got uh, no teasers. information there. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose we could probably ask for it, but do we want to, or do we want to just get on with the adventure for now? Yeah, we'll make some progress, but I think I want to come right. back to it and definitely yeah. find out about a, a really yeah. good pub that we could visit. 
Okay, before we go, let's ask Zarath if he has any clues on where to search next to find the location of the lost city of Eldor. So we turn back to the magical mirror and ask Zarath. Zarath thinks for a moment before responding. I'm afraid I don't have any specific information about the location of Eldor, but I do know that the Eldorians were renowned for their magical abilities and knowledge. It's possible that there are clues or artifacts hidden in other ancient sites or ruins that could lead you to the lost city. I also have a friend who's a scholar and a historian of ancient magic. She may be able to provide you with additional information or resources that could aid you in your quest. Would you like me to contact her? So option one, accept Zarath's offer and ask him to contact his friend. Option two, decline Zarath's offer and continue with your search for Eldar on your own. Or three, ask Zarath if he knows of any other powerful magic artifacts or relics that could aid you in your quest to find Eldor. Alright, I mean, I think I'm happy to contact a friend, ask a friend. Yeah, phone a friend. Alright, let's do it. You accept Zarath's offer and ask him to contact his friend, the scholar and historian of ancient magic, for additional information and resources that could aid you in your quest to find Eldor. Zarath nods and recites a short incantation, causing the magical mirror to glow with a bright blue light. After a few moments, the light fades and Zarath turns back to you. My friend has agreed to meet you, he says. Her name is Zaradia Silvermist and she lives in the city of Misty. <laughs> These names are great. I will send her a message and let her know that you will be contacting her soon. He provides you with directions to Misthaven and wishes you luck on your journey. <laughs> uh, so we could thank Zarath for his assistance and head to Misthaven to contact... What is it? Aradia Silvermist. I wonder if the, the city is named after her or vice versa. Oh, yeah. uh, de- decline Zarath's offer and continue with your search for Elder on your own or uh, ask him about uh, magical artifacts or relics yeah. so um, yeah no brainer to head to, head to the old mist haven isn't it um, okay right we've got Will quest I... advisor as well yeah, exactly that's going to help us with mist haven nice uh, do we want to make sure that it uh, throws in some random encounters and stuff like that as well like because I suspect if we put option one it's just going to transport us straight to mist haven but that's just not how the fantasy world works yeah I am thinking uh, three different ways we might get to mist haven with well, one of them mm-hmm. being very absurd Okay. <laughs> you decide to head to Misthaven to contact Aradia Silvermist. You ask Zarath for directions, and he informs you that Misthaven is located to the north across the mountain range. Here are three methods to reach Misthaven. <laughs> Alright, so method one, travel by foot. The most straightforward method is to travel by foot. You could follow the directions provided by Zarath and make your way across the mountain range to reach Misthaven. However, this method can be treacherous as the mountains are home to dangerous creatures and unpredictable weather. Method two, ride a griffin. (laughs) You've heard (laughs) rumours that there are griffins that can be hired to transport passengers across great distances. You search for a reputable griffin breeder or trainer and hire a griffin to fly you to Misthaven. However, this method is expensive and not without risks, as griffins can be unpredictable and may require a skilled rider. And method three, use a magical portal. 
You remember hearing about a group of eccentric wizards who specialise in creating magic portals that could transport travellers instantly to their destination. However, you also heard that the portals could be unpredictable and sometimes send travellers to completely different <laughs> locations. Despite the risk, you decide to seek out the wizards and use their portal to travel to Misthaven. Oh, nice. Okay, I like this. <laughs> right, what, uh, what, what are you leaning towards? So I've noticed the theme there that each option can be unpredictable. Yeah. So there's no, there's obviously no predictable route here. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could see past riding a griffin. It's not something I've ever done before. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, magical portals. It's like uh, the transporters in Star Trek. Like they go wrong halfway through, and you end up uh, like a billion particles just floating around in space. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, just a foot in Andromeda. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, it always goes wrong, isn't it? That's like the Harry Potter portal, portal key thing, isn't it? Like that, That's where everything always goes wrong. You always end up in the evil realm with magical portals. Mm. Whereas yeah. a good solid griffin, you know, flying about in the sky. I don't know. Maybe we get to keep the griffin too. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, let's do it. We decide to look for a griffin to hire and fly us to Misthaven. You ask around in nearby towns and villages, and eventually you hear about a griffin breeder named Tarek who lives in a remote valley. After a few days of travel, you arrive at Tarek's farm and inquire about hiring one of his griffins. Tarek explains that griffins are not easy to handle, but he has a trained griffin named Aurora who could take you to Misthaven. You negotiate a price with Tarek, and he agrees to let you ride Aurora for, for a fee. You spend some time getting to know Aurora, and Tarek provides you with some tips on how to handle her during the flight. As you take off on Aurora's back, you feel the wind rushing past you as you soar over the mountain range. It's an exhilarating experience, and you can see the beauty of the landscape from a new perspective. After a few hours of flight, you finally reach Misthaven and land outside the tower gates. You dismount from Aurora and thank Tarek for his assistance. Well, that was easy. Yeah, I, I wonder as well. I mean, presumably it all had this in hand, but there was like me, you, Tarek, Grimaud, and the Seven Dwarfs. So it must have been one hell of a griffin. Big, that is big true. huge griffin. Jumbo, Unless it had like a griffin. sort of trailer. <laughs> That's, how would that work? You, you, that griffin towing yeah, stuff. Did you just yeah. have a horse and cart with wheels in the back that it just kind of drags around? Yeah, like it would have to run like a plane to take off and yeah. then it would have to land very gradually as well. Yeah, there's so, little like wings on it or something like that that keep it, yeah, no idea. Mm-hmm. But you're right, yeah, we've got a lot of luggage, we've got all our fantasy bags, we've got a lot of dwarfs. And we're here, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> we're here. Okay, I am going to have to tell it next time though, make sure you put some uh, risk in these journeys. Journeys are always full of fraught with risk, so yeah, anyway. Just as a little tip for, because, uh, you know, maybe this is a realm where tips are, are advised for things like this. Could we feed the weakest dwarf to the griffin? Just uh, as a little <laughs> thank you. This, this is an optional, like, this is us choosing to do this rather than the griffin just takes a bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that our, uh, our AI... Uh, AI games master might have a problem with this, but let's try it. Let's try it. <laughs> okay. Can we can we offer up the weakest dwarf as tribute and potentially reward to Aurora in case she's hungry? 
As you approach Aurora, you notice that she seems to be in a peaceful state and is not displaying any signs of hunger or aggression. You recall from your previous encounter with her that she is a protector of the forest and its inhabitants. Offering up one of the dwarfs as a tribute would likely not be received well and could potentially anger Aurora. It's best to approach her with respect and caution and avoid any actions that could be seen as hostile or disrespectful. Oh well, we tried. Yeah, um, it's not nice to be nice apparently. But uh, (laughs) option one, attempt to communicate with Aurora and ask for her guidance in finding the lost city of Eldor. Option two, offer her a small gift or token of appreciation, such as a piece of jewellery or a magical trinket in exchange for help. Doesn't want to eat a dwarf, just wants like a necklace or something. Just wants some jewels. Uh, Option three, continue on your journey without disturbing Aurora and seek out other means of finding the lost city of Eldor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shall we give uh, Aurora a piece of jewellery and move on? Yeah, what kind of jewellery, though? A Casio watch. All right, cool. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Okay, we'll go option two, giving Aurora a retro Casio watch, the one with the camouflage print on the strap. (laughs) Good. (laughs) You approach Aurora slowly and carefully, holding out the retro Casio watch as a gift. Aurora watches you carefully, but does not move from her position. As you get closer, you hold out the watch towards her and say, We offer this gift as a token of our appreciation for your protection of the forest and its inhabitants. We also ask for your guidance in finding the lost city of Eldor. (laughs) Which we didn't, but still. (laughs) No. (laughs) Right, you're definitely Aurora's voice, okay? Uh, Aurora examines the watch for a moment before nodding her head and accepting the gift. She then looks at you and says... The lost city of Eldor is shrouded in mystery and guarded by powerful magic. But if you seek it out with a pure heart and good intentions, I believe you'll find what you're looking for. With those words, Aurora turns and disappears into the forest. She just had enough, hadn't she? Offered her a dwarf, gave her a really bad watch, and then uh, asked her a question even though she's a griffin. So she's off, leaving you and your party members with renewed hopes and determination. So we could follow Aurora deeper into the forest, I bet she'd love that, and see if she has any further guidance or advice to offer. We could continue on our journey using the information Aurora provided as a guide, or use the Casio watch, which she obviously didn't take, to scry for any signs or clues that could lead you to the lost city of Eldor. How rude, how rude. She hasn't taken the watch. So I like how... I like how we got we we basically hired use of a flying creature to take mm-hmm. us up here to get information about Eldor. Turns out the flying creature has loads of information. Could have just flown us there herself, yeah. but instead we've yeah. taken this massive detour. She's, she's just taking the and, and, and she yeah. clearly doesn't like us either, so Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alright. Let's go. Option two. Continue with our journey. But we need to, uh, what's our first action? Go and get some get some scran using Quest Advisor. Yeah, let's uh, find out a good pub. And uh, could we also ask Quest Advisor for a five-star and one-star review of the pub that we <laughs> plan to go to? Okay. <laughs> let's go option two, continue with our journey. We'll ask Quest Advisor what the best pub is called and what it's like. Uh, 
for our lunch. Could Quest Advisor also read us one five-star review and one one-star review so that we can make a decision? Yeah, I like a bit of balanced perspective because people oh, yeah. that leave one-star reviews are usually balanced. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, never biased. All right, Matthew casts the Quest Advisor spell and a glowing magical screen appears in front of him. He asks the spell for the best pub in Eldor and it displays the following information. The Drunken Unicorn is the best pub in Eldor, according to Quest Advisor. It's located in the town square and is known for its hearty meals and excellent ale. The atmosphere is described as cosy and welcoming, with a friendly staff and regular live music performances. <laughs> so, the, right, the five star, do you want to go for it? And you give us the reviews. Yeah, so the five star review, in quotes, The Drunken Unicorn is the best pub in Eldor. So we're, we're now on Eldor pubs again and not um, oh, yeah. Mist Haven nice. pubs. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, you know, the, the Drunken Unicorn is the best pub in Eldor. The ale is top notch, the food is delicious and the atmosphere is unbeatable. I highly recommend this place to anyone visiting Eldor. And the one star review, the Drunken Unicorn is overrated and overpriced. The food was mediocre, the ale was watered down, and the music was terrible. Save your money and go somewhere else. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, okay, that's pretty definitive. Are we going to go anyway, though? I think so, yeah. So our three options uh, after reading the reviews. Uh, option one, head to the Drunken Unicorn for lunch and enjoy the cosy atmosphere, hearty meals and excellent air. Option two, check out some of the other pubs or eateries in the area and see if they have any hidden gems that Quest Advisor might have missed. Or option three, <laughs> skip lunch altogether and continue on your journey towards Misthaven. So it's got really tied in knots here, hasn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to be in Misthaven to find out how to get to Eldor. It appears we're now... You know, through some in sort Eldor. of twisted magic, we're in Eldor itself. So, right, we'll put that into our next description before we move on. Um, I want to try one thing before we before we choose, though. Um, I, I think that one star review just wasn't uh, informative enough. I want to find one more, and I'm going to give it a bit more guidance. So, give me one sec. Okay, here we go. So, this is another one star review that we found. I went to that pub and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was like a medieval frat party in there, complete with unwashed peasants chugging ale from dirty wooden mugs. And the food? Let's just say I wouldn't feed it to my worst enemy's pet rat. The cook must have been a troll with a bad case of the runs because that's what the food tasted like. The service was just as bad with a bad tender. Bad tender? Bad tender looking like he just crawled out of a dungeon and the waitresses smelling like they've never heard of soap. If you're looking for a pub to get dysentery in, this is the place for you. My word, I want to go now. <laughs> that's the one. That's the, yeah, definitely want to go. All right, what are options again? So we'll head there for lunch, enjoy the cosy atmosphere, hearty meals and dysentery. Yeah, and uh, I wonder if we could meet this, um, I forget her name again. Uh, oh yeah, Aradia. Yeah, I was going to say maybe I could use my illusion magic to text Aradia and yeah. ask her to meet us at the Drunken Unicorn. Okay, so let's go option one, but Matthew will use his illusion magic to contact Aradia somehow, so she'll meet us for lunch. Can you describe how an illusion spell could contact her? Matthew concentrates his magical energies and begins to cast an illusion spell. He envisions a shimmering portal opening up in front of him, leading directly to Aradia's location. 
As he focuses on the image in his mind, the portal begins to take shape, glowing with a faint magical light. He steps through the portal and finds himself standing in a lush forest. He looks around and spots Aradia standing nearby, seemingly unaware of his presence. Matthew waves his arms, causing the illusion to become more vivid and realistic, and suddenly Aradia notices him and approaches. Matthew, what are you doing here? She asks, clearly surprised, and somehow knowing who Matthew is. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew explains that they are on a quest to find the lost city of Eldor and defeat Necrotus, and that they could use her help. He also mentions the pub they plan to visit for lunch and invites her to join them. Aradia agrees, seemingly oblivious to the fact that this random guy has appeared in her glade. To meet them at the pub, with a wave of his hand, Matthew dismisses the illusion and returns to the real world. God, this has been a shit fest, this episode, hasn't it? Like, we've just been everywhere and all sorts of, I don't know, I've appeared in our glade and now it's like I'll meet you in the pub and we don't really yeah. know what city we're in. So, yeah, um, yeah it's like a stag do that's gone wrong. <laughs> we're just all over the place. Okay, well, anyway, you got through to her. Well done. You've contacted Aradia and we're going to meet her in the pub. So, uh, that's mission accomplished, if you ask me. All right. Yeah. Um, Let's head to the pub then. And please remember, we're in Misthaven and still searching for a way to find Eldor. Understood. We are now in the pub in Misthaven, enjoying our lunch. As we finish up, we can ask around to see if anyone has any information on how to find Eldor. <laughs> Radia's not here at all. <laughs> she stood us up. She's away on the Griffin now, and they're talking about yeah. that shit Cassio watch that we've been trying yeah. to sell to people. Yeah, this bunch of this this pair of numpties that are towing a pair of set of dwarfs around with them <laughs> that are saying nothing and doing nothing still. <laughs> Perhaps there's a local guide or someone who knows the area well and can point us in the right direction. Yes, Radia. Alternatively, we can also consult the quest advisor spell again to see if we have any... Oh, apparently quest advisor can now tell us where Eldor is. Of course it can. <laughs> Somebody's been there in a review. Um, perhaps there's some hidden clues or details that we overlooked earlier. As we continue our search, it may also be worth considering other methods of transportation, such as hiring a ship or looking for a Jesus portal Christ. that can take us close <laughs> to our destination. Just hired a fucking griffin, now we need a ship. <laughs> It's important to keep an open mind and explore all possible options as we continue our quest to find the lost city of Eldar. Is this a, like a passive-aggressive like prod? It's important to keep an open mind and explore all possible options, as in uh, things we're not. Yeah, are we, are I we think being a bit so. close-minded I about how so. we find Eldar here? And no wonder the city's lost. Like <laughs> with this narrative, um, I'm thinking now that we're in the pub and can just kick back wonder if we could ask if there's any karaoke on because Grimmel would really like to sing a song okay cool I just (laughs) I'm trying to spell karaoke (laughs) that's obviously an impossible that's the hardest task I can possibly take in a fancy world not a word you ever really have to write is it no exactly kara why is there kara kara e there's there's no E in the middle. That's weird. Okay, is there any karaoke on in the pub? Because Grimmel loves a good tune. 
quest advisor responds, Yes, there is karaoke every Friday night at the pub. You're in luck. Today is Friday. The karaoke starts at 8, so you've got plenty of time to enjoy your lunch and maybe even warm up your vocal cords for your performance. So I wonder <laughs> if we um, enjoy a nice lunch and at 8 o'clock, what could we... Um, what could we have Grimo sing just to bring the curtain down on this episode? <laughs> um, good question. What does a like? What's a comment? What would be this? Uh, bark at the moon. That would be a good one, I think, for a dog creature. What else? Some by Whitney Houston. Uh, some <laughs> carrying a lot of for, Whitney Houston records, actual for, records, just around on his hell. arm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Can you give us? Uh, five suggestions for a song that would suit being <laughs> sung by a wolf type creature. Alright, here's five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's five suggestions for songs that could be sung by a wolf like creature. Who let the dogs out by the Baha men? <laughs> And it's changed to Who Let the Wolves Out? Very imaginative. Hungry oh, yeah, Like funny. the Wolf by Duran Duran. And uh, it's changed to Hungry Like the Dire Wolf. Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. Changed to Werewolves of Misthaven. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Changed to Eye of the Wolf Pack. And Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Changed to Bad Moon Howling. I quite like um, the Who Let, Who Let the the wolves out option I think that would work yeah, well yeah yeah like it I mean it, it, if there's one thing though this show is like all these people are afraid that AI is going to take away their writing careers um, yeah I'm not sure they need to worry too much ah, it's, it doesn't look like it's happening here does it <laughs> alright uh, let's have lunch and then we'll sign Grandma up to sign number one as you enjoy your lunch, Grimaud eagerly signs up for karaoke and prepares to sing his heart out. The pub's karaoke machine displays a list of suggested songs for wolf-like creatures. And you see these other options, which include none of the ones that we just got given a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we've got Howl by Florence and the Machine, Werewolf Bar Mitzah. <laughs> Is that a real song? Hungry Like the Wolf, we've got Wolf Like Me and Little Red Riding Hood. Grimaud chooses Howl by Florence and the Machine, entirely against our wishes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and gives an incredible performance, much to the delight of the pub patrons. Describe Grimaud's singing style and detail and give us the details of the performance. Oh, it's absolutely lost now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's been the theme of this episode, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's the a couple of times we've done this. It's been brilliant. Remembers it reminds us sometimes when we get stuff wrong, eh? But this time around, uh, we've now it's changed the song altogether because it says, "As Grimaud takes the stage, he howls into the microphone, causing the audience to cheer in excitement, which is cool." But then suddenly he begins to sing, "Who let the dogs out?" in a deep, gravelly voice with a hint of a growl. As he continues to sing, he puts his whole body into the performance, jumping and bouncing around on stage. He even gets down on all fours at one point, wagging his tail in time with the music. It's a bit weird. 
<laughs> I like that though, using his uh, doggy, wolfy, um, you know, characteristics to full effect. Uh, the crowd is thoroughly entertained by Grimo's unique singing style and showmanship, and they give him a standing ovation as he finishes the song. Um, right. I think just to to, cl- to bring the curtain down on this episode, I suppose, could it turn out that um, one of the dwarfs actually runs a live music podcast and we could just finish with a little interview between him and Grimoire to oh, nice. just find okay. out about, yeah. you know, Grimoire's thoughts on it all. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Sure. Here's a possible name for the music podcast. The Axe and Hammer Sessions. Good, I like it. Okay, yeah, good. And here's a transcription of the interview. Okay, welcome listeners to another episode of the Axe and Hammer Sessions. The podcast where we explore the music scene and the world of fantasy. Today we have a special guest with us, none other than Grimoire. The wolf-like creature who just wowed us with his rendition of Werewolves of London at the Misthaven <laughs> pub. So he's sung three songs, hasn't he? Welcome, Grimoire. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Grimoire, how did you get into karaoke singing? Well, I've always loved howling at the moon, and singing karaoke is kind of like howling with words, so it's just a fun way to let loose and entertain others. I can see that. And how did you choose Werewolves of London as uh, your song, or one of your three songs, as it were? (laughs) Well, that's an easy one. I mean, I'm a bit of a werewolf myself, and the song is just so catchy and fun. Plus, it's got that howling part in the chorus, which I couldn't resist. That's a bit of a revelation, isn't it? I'm a bit of a werewolf myself. Surely you are or you aren't. (laughs) Yeah, he's just hinting. He is, but he's like, this is him just uh, slowly coming out as a werewolf, you know? So, ha, I can imagine. And what was it like singing in front of a pub full of humans and other creatures? Well, it was nerve-wracking at first, but once I got into the song, I just let it loose and had a blast. The audience was really into it too, which made it even better. That's great to hear. Now, I have to ask, what's next for Grimaud? Are you planning on pursuing a music career? <laughs> Stock standard podcast questions here. Hey, what's next? What's your plans next? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I just like singing for fun, but who knows? Maybe I'll do another karaoke night sometime, or maybe I'll team up with some other fancy creatures and start a band. That'd be pretty cool. I can see that happening. <laughs> well, Grimaud, thank you for joining us today and sharing your karaoke talents with us. And to all our listeners, make sure to catch Grimaud's performance at the Mist Haven pub next time you're in town. Deep within a world of magic and myth, where the dragons soar and the wizards drift, there's a podcast brewed in a dwarven lair, hosted by a dwarf with a beard and a stare. Welcome to the Axe and Hammer sessions, where we talk of music and expressions, from the minstrel's ballads to the bard's grandeur. We explore the melodies that endure with a pint of ale and a steady beat. We delve into the stories and tap our feet, the triumphs and tragedies, joy and pain, all captured in the notes of a bard's refrain. Welcome to the Axe and Hammer sessions, where we talk of music and expressions, from the minstrel's ballads to the bard's grandeur. We explore the melodies that endure. So, enter the tavern, pull up a chair, and listen to that dwarf with a beard and a stare. 
the next episode is just about to start and I've got a strong whiff of an ogre's <coughs> oh good god that is absolutely vile seriously what is wrong with you